0: Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Pete, your number one podcast for Brooklyn Nets news, opinions, and so much more. I'm Spen, and as always, I'm joined by future Nets GM, Pete. What's going on, Pete?
1: What's going on? Just enjoying the last days of, uh, of our summer, just relaxing. And uh, as I always say this, I'm, I'm ready for the season to start already. I'm tired of FIBA.
0: So let me ask you a question. Obviously, you're the future GM of the Nets, and congratulations on that. Will, you, you. Be taking, will you be taking Sean Marks' job, or are you going to take the GM after his job?
1: Uh, it'll be the one after. I figure I'll have a, a couple years in between, starting from fan slash podcast host to GM. I figure there has to be a couple things in between. So eventually I'll get there, though.
0: All right. That sounds good. I, uh, I think that's a good plan. Uh, before <laughs> we get started, I wanted to just shout out my dad. Happy birthday. Happy 62nd birthday to Kevin Shanman. Uh, if you're looking for a... Yeah, happy birthday. If you're looking for a home... In the uh, New Jersey and New York area, home lending, financial. My dad is a mortgage broker. He can help you out, give you a really good rate. Um, Wanted to tell you a funny story before we get started. Uh, We had an omakase dinner scheduled for me, my dad, and my little brother, Nick, used to be co-host of Fireside Nets. It was last night. I drove my dad out into the city, picked up my little brother. Uh, The second I'm looking for parking, I find a spot. Someone tells me, hey, you have a flat tire. I can't fix a flat tire on my own. That's a flaw of mine. I probably, Pete, should learn how to do that. But I call AAA. Uh, they say they're going to be there in 45 minutes. Long story short, I end up missing the dinner. My father and my brother have an amazing omakase experience in Lower East Side Manhattan while I get pizza and uh, Smash Burger, which was right near where my car broke down because uh, it was five blocks from the restaurant, and I missed the entire birthday dinner. What do you think of that story?
1: Yeah. Uh- that sounds horrible. That sounds, that sounds horrible. It sounds like something that would happen to spend. So it's kind of on par for you, but uh, yeah, that was horrible, but you know what? Yeah. You did smash Smashburger. So who really is winning?
0: I mean, listen, I got yeah. Smashburger. It was delicious. I got a slice from Zazzi's, equally as good. Um, I couldn't enjoy it as much because number one, there was no AC I think in either of the establishments and number two, I was just pissed off because AAA hadn't helped me yet. I put the service request in at 7 p.m. and they did not help me until 10:15 p.m. I was home at 1130. I'm like 30 minutes from the city.
1: That is ridiculous. Anyway,
0: it happens. Shit happens, Pete. And we're Nets fans. So we know better than anybody that shit happens. Pretty dead time in the offseason. Uh, but we we have FIBA men's basketball going on. And I, I just got to say, you know, the U.S. beat Greece today. They pretty much dominated. They're now 2-0. and in-league play, uh, and they, they've they just beaten up on teams. This U.S. Olympic men's team is very well-constructed, and they're very put together. And it's funny because they don't have – I mean, Anthony Edwards is the superstar on this team, right? Jaron Jackson Jr. is close. Um, Mikhail Bridges is close. Jalen Brunson is, is probably right underneath Anthony Edwards in, in terms of superstar status. But, you know, we're, they're missing a lot of – key players in the nba right no steph curry no lebron james no kevin durant no devin booker a lot of the bigger names who are american players are not on this usa team but so they might not have the stars of today's game but every player on this team belongs to be there and and you've you've really seen why for a lot of these guys so so first off pete i just wanted your thoughts in terms of the general construction of this usa roster uh i
1: think you nailed it on the head right like it's it's kind of the superstars of next year, you could say. Like you said, no LeBron James, no Steph Curry. Brunson is going to be a star. Anthony Edwards is probably going to be a star. These are going to be the guys that we're kind of looking at maybe like, I don't know, like three, four years down the line as maybe the next Steph, as maybe the next, you know, all star, you know, perennial all-stars. So, you know, good job by Team USA for kind of going through the league, finding out who works well with who. And putting it all together, you got to give props to Team USA and Steve Kerr.
0: And you got to give props to Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, who who made this team. They accepted the challenge. And listen, they might not be lighting it up in in terms of scoring and, and rebounding and, and the actual box score, but their ability to defend, their ability to hit open shots, and play off the ball with some dominant ball handlers like Jalen Brunson, like Ann Edwards, like an Austin Reeves. I, I think they've been so vital, especially Mikael Bridges, who who tends to guard the opposing country's best player. And and Cam Johnson, when he's been in there, he's done some good things. They've both been extremely vital to, to this team's success. Would you agree?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Of course. Right? We have Bridges starting most of the ends. I didn't see the last game, but he's, I think he started every game. Cam Johnson hasn't been getting as much burn, but when he plays, he's been doing it all. You've been playing defense, doing a little scoring. You you can't complain, right? Like these guys are doing the job. It's kind of almost a group of glue guys that are not like sort of like all star glue guys. Does that make sense? It it does
0: make a lot of sense. And it's funny you said that because you think of all those guys, right? From Josh Hart to Bobby Portis to Jaron Jackson. These are guys you would consider glue guys on their current rosters. Now, one guy who, who's openly admitted to being a little frustrated despite the fact that they're winning is Brandon Ingram, who is, is used to getting the ball a lot more on his team, but I don't think that he's as versatile or he's able to play off the ball like a Cam Johnson, like a Mikael Bridges. He's admitted like, hey, it's been tough. You know, I, I I forgot what the actual quote was. I don't have it up. But basically the, the premise was, I'm used to having the ball in my hands. I'm used to making plays, and it's been hard for me to sort of find my role on this team in in doing that, even though we're blowing teams out by like 30, 35.
1: Yeah, and you know what? That kind of makes sense because think about it, right? He kind of is – would you say he's the elder person on the team? You would say? I'm not sure of his age. I know he's still kind of young-ish. I think, what, he's like 28 or something like that, Twenty twenty nine. He's
0: 25. Ingram's 25.
1: No
0: yeah, he's uh, been in the but- league for a while. <laughs>
1: That's great. It feels like he's been in the league for a while. So it kind of feels like he's like 28. In my mind, he's 28, 27, 29, even. So he's kind of think about it amongst the guys on the team. He's probably been in the NBA the longest, or at least to me, I could be wrong. It feels like he's been there the longest. So it kind of feels like he should be getting a little more action. But, um, you know, it is what it is. It's Team USA. It's not Team Pelicans. It's not, you know, it's not trying to run up the score.
0: Yeah, it's wild. I'm just looking at uh, Brandon Ingram's numbers. This is just a total side tangent. Last four years, starting in 2019, that was when he was traded from the Lakers to the Pelicans, right? And in the Lakers last season, he averaged 18.3. That was his third year in the NBA. So we're going on year four. He's been in New Orleans for four years. 23.8 points per game in 2019, 23.8 points per game in 2020, 22.7 points per game in 2021. And then last season, career high, 24.7 points per game in 45 games played. Um, His thing is he hasn't been able to stay healthy. He hasn't been able to play close to a full 82. uh, But the fact that he's, you know, 23 points per game or better in the last four seasons at, well, 20, 22 points per game or better. That's kind of shocking to me. I don't picture Brandon Ingram as like a upper echelon scorer in this league, but, Last year he was close to twenty five a game. That's pretty damn good.
1: I could be wrong, but then they call him like mini KD, like coming into the league or something like that. Like that's kind of it's kind of funny thinking about it now. But if you look at the numbers, and like I said, I'm shocked he's twenty five. I really am. I, I was totally off on that.
0: Yeah, that's that's very interesting. I, I, is this a, is Brandon Ingram a guy you would hate to see on the Nets or now?
1: I'd love to see him on the nets. I think, do you think he fit perfectly with this team? I think he might.
0: I think he'd, I think he'd be a cool piece to have, Um, especially because if anything, you know, the one thing that this team and and McHale did it last year. So I'm not saying we don't have it, but a ball dominant scorer that can just score whenever he wants. We saw it in in batches with Mikhail, but I don't know. I'd love to see sort of a one A to, to Mikhail's one B. Um, all right, Pete, I, I did want to move on. Staying with the theme of Team USA, obviously team bonding is a huge thing, right? You see Mikhail Bridges hanging out with his Nova teammates or his former Villanova teammates, Josh Hart, Jalen Brunson, who are current New York Knicks. You see Mikael Bridges pounding around with Austin Reeves. They have a really great rapport. Anthony Edwards has been bonding with almost everybody on this team. So my question, Pete, I thought about this. Does it worry you that – These Nets players are getting so chummy with guys in L.A. and guys in Manhattan. Do you see that as a negative or is it a positive? Because, hey, in a few years when Austin Reeves is a free agent or one of these guys in New York has to make a decision, Mikkel will still be in Brooklyn and he'll be able to recruit him to the Brooklyn Nets.
1: If I was someone like uh, Milwaukee, we had a Mikkel Bridges in Milwaukee, I would feel a little more nervous. I'm not going to like the whole Brunson Nova thing. Definitely, you know, there's a little seed put in my mind. It's a little seed that's growing. Gets me a little nervous, but then I, you know, I get back to reality. I relax. I calm down, take a sip of my beer, and I relax, and I tell myself, it's not going to happen, bro. Just, just relax. Do you think that that could ever happen? I, I personally don't see it. I think that he's kind of made Brooklyn, you know, his team. Of course, talking about Mikhail Bridges. And I, I don't see uh, any change happening there, at least.
0: See, winning cures everything and losing makes everything a lot harder. If the Nets, and, and and as much as Mikhail loves it in Brooklyn right now, we're all sort of in this honeymoon period, right? He had a great second half to the year. He was the, the net, uh, you know, we're the sixth seed in the playoffs. He was our best player. Um, and and he perform, outperformed expectations, right? I don't think any of us expected him to be as consistent as he was scoring wise. Now, if the Nets start to lose and miss out on the playoffs, the next two seasons, Mikhail can get unhappy in Brooklyn. You know, nobody is uh, not susceptible to getting upset when they lose in the NBA. And we've seen it from the most loyal of guys. Look at Dame Lillard, right? He was the absolute most loyal dude in the world. And now he wants out. So, I say that just, just to say it's it's possible, but I, I think it's highly unlikely in this situation. I think as long as the Nets don't suck over the next two to three years, Mikhail is here to stay, and he's not going to jump over the bridge to our crosstown rival.
1: I think you're, you're, once again, you're 100% right with that. And I think that's a good point, that no one is susceptible to uh, whatever you said, with the whole losing thing. Losing changes everything. Winning changes everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, before we move on to the next topic, we have a comment in the comment section. Claude Smith uh, writes: Ben Simmons hasn't played three on three or five on five yet. I hope that's nothing. He's the elephant in the room. Pete, any concern with with Ben Simmons not playing three on three or five on five yet?
1: No, these guys all have a training program, like you know, somewhere in the in the bowels of uh, of the HHS, there's a chart or a calendar. And it says, you know, Ben Simmons schedule. It's going to have the first day that he's going to do three on three, five on five. All this stuff is already scheduled. Obviously, we know that it's fluid. It could change at any time. But listen, everything's charted out. And how do we know how much he's really done and hasn't done? Just because it's not like recorded doesn't mean it doesn't, you know, it's not around or hasn't happened.
0: That's a great point, Pete. Here's what I'm thinking, right? I think we're not going to see Ben Simmons to start the season. I, I think he's still going to be on the come up. But but I think the Nets get off to a nice start with Dinwiddie at the point, Mikhail, Cam, Claxton, and then insert whoever there in that fifth fifth spot. I think Ben Simmons will come into the rotation after the first, I don't know, 10, 15 games, and it'll be like he, he's he's getting the train while it's hot. You know, and he's going to come in and he's going to fit seamlessly with this offense because he knows these guys. He's been around him for at least a year now um, or, or close to a year. So I th- that that's my prediction. Like, I don't know. I, I It's hard for me to see Simmons suiting up for the opener right now. But I think he's going to he's going to get onto a team that's clicking on all cylinders and he's just going to help.
1: Yeah, I do got to say this. I believe it was a Nets Daily article talking about uh, the offseason. They made a point. Alluding to that, Ben Simmons would probably not be with the starting lineup, but would more so be with the second unit, leading the second unit. And I think that's perfectly fine, right? I think that's that's a perfectly good uh, expectation of him. You don't want to put crazy minutes or crazy expectations on him, but you could see him kind of leading the second unit, and I, I'd be very comfortable with that.
0: I think but that's he, fair. Do you think, do you think he starts the season? Yeah, I do. Okay.
1: I do. Interesting. Um, would I be okay
0: with him with the second unit if he's 100% fully healthy? No, I want him starting. But if he's still rehabbing and if he's still got to work on his stamina and things like that, then, yeah, obviously you want to put him with a second unit. I just – I don't know how long that's going to last. Like, I don't want to see him with a second unit the whole year. Do you?
1: Uh, you know, it, it, it all depends on – It's a, you know, you make a good point. I think it all depends on the health and the success of the team. If the team's winning and this guy's leading the second unit – I don't think you or I or anyone else will care how many minutes right. he's getting with the starters or the second unit, right?
0: Right. That's fair. That is fair. Okay. Was a, I like that segment. Shout out to Claude Smith. Thanks for the comment. Uh, we're going to move on. I call this next segment, Pete, things you love to see. Former net Rondé Hollis Jefferson has been hooping for the country of Jordan. He put up 39 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists. In an overtime loss against New Zealand, but he had a wild four-point play to force overtime with ten seconds left. Uh, like I said, they were going to lose to New Zealand, but Ronda Hallis Jefferson. He talked about you know embracing. He said Kobe was there with him, God was there with him. He has two four on his jersey um, in two FIBA games. He's averaging Pete thirty one point five points per game, 9.0 rebounds, shooting fifty four point three percent from the field, and he has the highest scoring game thirty nine points in the World Cup so far. How impressed have you been with Rondé Hollis, Jefferson Hoopin, and and FIBA,
1: or have you not been impressed at all? Uh, I don't think anyone who saw that video would be very impressed, especially remembering kind of his next tenure, didn't have the best handles. His shot looked like there was a major hitch in it that for years we said, you know, he's going to work on it. It's going to be okay. It looks a lot smoother. And I saw a tweet from Pooch, Anthony Puccio. He's only 28. Randy Hollis Jefferson is only 28 despite all this time out of the league. Still young. I, well, would, you, would you like him to kind of make an NBA like training camp? I I was very impressed, including I don't know if you saw that one three was like a step back or something. And he looked like Kobe for, for a split second. I swear to God, I know it's I'm going to get killed for that. But I was like, what the hell is this shit?
0: I don't know what it is about FIBA World Cup play. Some of these guys are able to elevate their game. It's that extra motivation that you're doing it for your country, right? Um, I don't know if these performances – look, I love Rondé Hollis Jefferson. He was the ultimate energy guy with the Brooklyn Nets. We all remember, I think it was the comeback against the Sacramento Kings, right?
1: That layup. Had yeah. some,
0: that layup. Um, I wouldn't hate to see him back on the Nets, but at the same time, he can't shoot the three. He's a wing who is very limited in his scoring ability. I, I, I don't see him going off like that against NBA defenses uh, consistently. So, yeah, I, good story. Nice to see a former net putting on for his country. But um, if he joined the Nets, he'd be like our, our 10th or 11th best guy, I think.
1: Keep, keep in mind, I said NBA training camp, not not on the Nets. I don't right. think he'd be right. the Nets. but. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be mad to see him in the G League or look on the Long Island Nets. Give him a look at 28. That's still young. That's still young, man.
0: You know who his final uh, FIBA World Cup game will be against? USA. USA. The United States of America will have a chance to do it against current Nets, Mikael Bridges, and Cam Johnson.
1: If he goes off on, on, on Mikael Bridges, how would you feel about that?
0: <laughs> that'll, that'll be a tough pill to swallow. Um <laughs> And it would be funny if he turned to Sean Marks or or turned to a camera and was just like, Sean Marks, you need me. You need me on this squad.
1: That would be hilarious. I'd like that.
0: I think that would be pretty ballsy on RHJ's part. All right, Pete, this next segment I call Put On Your GM Goggles. So Pete has claimed that one day he will be the current GM of the Brooklyn Nets in the future. We're, We're talking about future Pete here future Brooklyn Nets, it's, it's going to happen. We just don't know when. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo put it out there that he may not re-sign with Milwaukee after this season. Uh, additionally, Thanassis says he was considering signing elsewhere, maybe with the New York Knicks for more playing time. But event, you know, eventually he chose to just stay in Milwaukee with his brother for the time being. Pete, are we nervous that Giannis may leave Milwaukee for dot, 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 the New York Knicks?
1: I think you could put that to any all-star that's coming up to be a free agent soon. You have to admit the Knicks are on the rise, right? They have a, they have a little something going there. I don't know if there's going to be some regression. I thought there might be some regression. Brunson has surprised me. He's a lot better than I thought he was going to be in New York. And any all-star has to be looking at the Knicks like, listen, like you know, we can make this work. I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to worry right now. How do you feel? Are you worried? Are you more worried than me?
0: So Bill Simmons brought it up. Uh, He was talking to Stephen A on on one of their podcasts and I had to stop listening to the clip because Stephen A went on like a five minute tirade about why he's a, uh, he's a, I don't know, angry Knicks fan or or basically he said he's the worst type of Knicks fan because he's so pessimistic. And he talked about, you know, the KD stuff and like, we get it. You guys haven't gotten a big star in a while since Carmelo Anthony. Like I, I understand, you know, but, I can't listen to that shit for five straight minutes. I had to turn it off. But Bill Simmons was the one who who basically brought up this entire ordeal, and he and he told Stephen A. He's like, "Listen, Giannis might be a free agent. That Milwaukee team's looking old. Middleton's looking old. Why not the New York Knicks? that is a team that if you pair him with Brunson, you you have the you know the rest of the team as young guys like like quickly or 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 uh, Josh Hart. You know, more of a glue guy." Um, there's a lot of promise. That's a team that could absolutely compete with the Miami Heat, the Boston Celtics. Uh, we're talking about you know a world champion, a former two-time MVP or one-time MVP, Giannis?
1: I think two. I could be wrong.
0: Regardless, former MVP. Uh, this is a guy that takes the Knicks from a 4-5 seed, and they probably become a 1-2 seed with, with, with an Uh, It scares the shit out of me, man. You know, for the first time in a while, the Knicks are being run relatively well. Um, now, can they do what they did last season? Again, this season, I I don't know, uh, in terms of just replicating their success in the regular season. I, I, you know, one injury from a, from a key guy there that could stop them from, but that you can say that with every team. So that's a stupid thing to say. Um, I just don't want to see it. I don't want to see them have two good years in a row. We, we saw a few years ago with Randall, they made the playoffs. They get bounced by Trey young. And then that next year they were pretty bad. And then that following year, they get Jalen Brunson, right? That was the order of events. Yeah. So they haven't, they haven't strung together two good seasons in a minute. Uh, and I'm just hoping, you know, th- this next season is going to be very telling because if they do get to the second or, th- you know, Eastern Conference Finals and lose, if I'm Giannis and, and I think I'm the missing piece, I'm signing with New York. I want to play with Brunson. So that that absolutely terrifies me that this is out there. And look, you can only miss on a star so many times. Right. The Knicks have missed a lot of times. I just don't know how many more times they're going to miss.
1: I agree. You know, like the whole thing with KD and Kyrie, you know, it's it's just like that was for, for like what almost a year before they came to the Nets. There was talk of them going to the Knicks. You're right. It's just all oh, so many times that we could just hope that they're going to fuck up at some point. It's got to hit. And like you said, this is the best they have run probably. I don't know, maybe 20 years. Would you say the last time they were run this, what was maybe like the nineties or yeah, pretty much like the nineties. I'm thinking like Pat Riley, Knicks. Am I wrong? Yeah, in, that?
0: in terms of consistency? Yeah. Cause those mellow years, I mean, they had the one year where they had Jay Kidd and mellow and Stoudemire and that team was the team if they were going to make any noise, but the Miami heat were still around at that point. So the Knicks really had no shot in terms of consistently making the playoffs, uh, being a top four, top five team in the East, yeah, it has been since you know the mid '90s, um, since the Knicks had this sort of um, reputation around the league.
1: Yeah, you know, you think about it, they had Phil Jackson coming in around the time of Mello, that was sort of like a miss. You thought that was going to be like the big hire, that was kind of a miss. You know, they had the team, but then getting Mello to the Knicks kind of took apart that team. There was just you know little things here and there, and like you said, I, I think you're right. Maybe I should be more nervous, but as of right now, I feel calm. I feel collected. There has to be another you know a, another domino or two has to fall before I start like passing out from this.
0: I feel like we switched places. Like you are always usually the pessimistic one. I'm the one who keeps his head up and has a positive outlook. Uh, I feel like we yeah. did a Freaky Friday. You're in my body. I'm in your body. Um, yeah. I but you get what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
0: like I'm Pete, right? Like really, I'm Pete. You're Spen.
1: I'm Spen. I'm Spen Harris.
0: Damn, you must have a sick jumper. All right, we're gonna we're gonna move on. Uh, I wanted to shout out Claude Smith again. Uh, he reached out with another question. Do we think the Dame to Miami trade will happen and the Nets become a third partner? Give up Dinwiddie and acquire Tyler Hero. I'm gonna keep this answer short. I don't think the Nets have. Anything to do with the Dame Miller trade at this point?
1: I agree. I, I think you got to keep in mind, Claude, that this season is going to be a season of evaluation of who's on the team right now and getting under the, that that tax apron. They want to obviously the Nets want to reset. Joe doesn't want to pay you know the type of money that he's been paying. Understandably so, this is not a world championship team anymore. So uh, I would hold it, hold everything for a superstar until maybe next season next offseason
0: maybe the, the nets are not a tyler hero away from being a top three team in the east they're just not
1: no it would be great for us if they if he came give us a lot to you know a lot to talk about right, but, um, right, but i don't think it's gonna happen
0: all right uh i gotta talk about this this segment's called what do we think so noah lyles an american professional track and field sprinter who competes in the 100 meter and 200 meter races recently said the following about nba players you know, the thing that hurts me the most is that I have to watch the NBA Finals and they have world champion on, on their head. World champion of what? The United States? Don't get me wrong. I love the U.S. at times, but that ain't the world. This is That is not the world. We are the world. We have almost every country out here fighting, thriving, putting on their flag to show they are represented. There ain't no flags in the NBA. So, Pete, before I get to... Every NBA player's reaction. I just wanted to know your thoughts uh, when Lyles came out and said this.
1: So you look at it. Interesting quote, you could say, right? You know what? He's kind of right that this isn't the world. It is just America. But then you have to remind him. Listen to this. This is the number one basketball league in the world. So if you win an NBA championship, you are... The best basketball team in the world, essentially. And I think that's that's kind of the disconnect there. Are you so, or what'd you say? Are you are you kind of are you kind of with my thinking with that? I,
0: I thought you were gonna go in a different direction with it. And I, I am with your thinking, but for a different reason. So if, mm-hmm. if he says this like in the middle of the NBA season or at the end of the NBA season, or when there's not FIBA world play going on, then Sure, we can have a debate, but right now the USA team has kind of a B team out there. Let's be real. If we were going to round up the best American players in the NBA, I maybe three to four guys in this roster, maybe have a shot. Probably Ann Edwards has a shot. Mikael has a shot. Jalen has a shot. And Halliburton has a shot. Outside of those, and Jaron Jackson, outside of those four or five guys, I don't like, if we're putting the best USA team, I'm talking dream team, you know, was, what was the redeem team? Was that 2012?
1: Something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. So, so my point is, is this USA with our B team has dominated everyone we've played. So the whole, your whole point with like, Oh, you know, this is their world champions, but like, they're not, it's like, well, yeah, we have our B and C teams going to FIBA world play and kicking everybody's ass I think that proves that America is, is the best country in the world in terms of basketball.
1: I would agree. I don't so. know. I, th- I, that, I that's kind of so. it's. Yeah.
0: So, but by, by that measure, the best player on the best team in the in the best league in the world, those guys should be able to call themselves world champions.
1: Not only that, let's forget the, the whole America thing. If you took a EuroLeague teams right and you faced them against NBA teams, let, like let's be honest, they're probably getting smacked. The EuroLeague team is probably getting smacked. If you take the Golden State Warriors and put them up against what I would say ninety nine point nine percent of the EuroLeague teams, they're probably getting smacked ninety nine percent of the time. Am I wrong with that?
0: You're close. You're 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 absolutely. You're not far off. I I think I think that's a pretty uh pretty strong opinion and i also think like even if you took a Luca and put him on a team you know put him on a club team in slovenia or in even europe is Luca and the rest of the the players does that gap make up for the team that he'd have to face in the u.s i don't i don't think so i agree all right pete a few more seconds before we end this show um, oh, before we move on, I just uh, some of the NBA players were, were pretty quick to push back on Noah Lyles. Kevin Durant, former Net, commented, somebody help this brother. P.J. Tucker also chimed in and wrote, can't make this shit up. Uh, even Drake spoke up for his NBA friends and said, he thought this speech was going to be so hard in the mirror the night before. Now the whole league doesn't rate you. Some, some funny, funny responses.
1: It was understandably so. If you play in the NBA, right, kind of, you're taking kind of a shot at us, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Also, KD is just he. It's rare that he doesn't say something on social media, right? Like he's addicted to the SM grind.
1: I give him credit. Listen, it's he's entertaining. You know, I, I don't care to for his tweets anymore, but it is entertaining <laughs> to some people.
0: To some people, his bullshit is slightly entertaining. Pete, I, I think you're right. The fucking garbage he puts out on social media, some people like it. You and I, Eh. But some people, they like it. You know, to each their own, right? To each their own. All right, we have a quick welcome back. Uh, You brought him up early in the show. Shout out to Anthony Puccio at A Pooch. He has announced that he will be the new site manager at Nets Daily, taking over for the great Tom Lorenzo, uh, Pete has never been on Fireside Nets, but we've been in contact. We, we, you know, we've always had an open door policy for for Pooch, and he'll absolutely, uh, or he said in the past, he'd love to come on. So we'll try to get that worked out over the next few months. But shout out to Pete! Congrats on his new gig at Nets Daily. I believe that he is returning, right, Pete?
1: Yeah, yeah. He, he got his, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not an Anthony Puccio historian, but as someone who was on the Nets Daily back in the day. You know, he was always hustling, going to the games. Guy lives on Long Island. Had a, you know, he had a, he worked the day job, then would go to the games after work, making that trip back and forth, writing up articles for Nets Daily. You got to respect the grind. And, you know, congratulations to him. And uh, well, welcome back. It's kind of been a, a, I don't know, like a missing part of, of the Nets community since he's yeah. been gone.
0: Yeah. I, I'm glad you brought that up. I did him a disservice. He is an OG of Nets Twitter. I mean, before Fireside, before only Nets fans, you know, before every other Nets account on Twitter, it was Pooch was the was the guy, right? He was the Nets guy. Everyone in Brooklyn loved him for all the reasons Pete mentioned. He worked his ass off, uh, and he was really good on the beat. So, shout out to Pooch. Welcome back to Nets World, Nets Twitter. Um, and like I said, we'd love to have you on the show. All right, Pete. Final segment. I need you to open up the Fireside Nets Twitter and go to the, let's see. I'm going to find the tweet.
1: I got uh, it. I got it all you got away. it.
0: So the name of this segment is Rate It. So you have to watch this clip of me going behind the back on the baseline into a jumper. Give me a 1 out of 10 rating. Are you ready?
1: Okay. I'm going to press a play right now. Ooh. Ben, that was wet. Was, what's what's you, the rating? Uh, I I at a 10, I'm going to give it a, a I'm going to give it 10 out of 10. You're coming back from injury, you know, you you're doing your Kobe Bryant post Achilles thing, going up and hitting the free throw, you, you know, there's a little more in your recovery than that, but I just wanted to put that out there but uh, you look really smooth. You you I'm not going to lie, you surprised me and I'm not just saying that cuz you're the co-host of this show that I happen to be on.
0: No, I appreciate that. I, uh, I was out for a month with an ankle injury back on the court as of last four or five days, trying to get my bag back together, post a little highlight. Look, I give that a seven out of 10. I think I can get a little bit more tight with it. Um, my problem is I'm not always as close to the ground as I should be. Right. So I, my dribble's a little high defenders can take it away from me. Uh, that's something I really want to work on this off season, uh, is my handle, and, and just get you know get my game back and, and start running threes, fours, fives, you know, I'm on that Ben Simmons path to recovery. Uh, but I shoot a lot of threes. I know that's not really his game. Anyway, Pete, that just about does it for this week's episode of Fireside Nets before we end the show. Is there anything anybody, any place you want to shout out on this fine August Monday?
1: I gotta I'm gonna be recording probably an episode of NetFans You Know in the next two days. Check that out later in the week. It's gonna be a very special edition. I got I got a nice guest from uh, Nets Twitter spaces that you that you guys are gonna be interested in hearing us debate about a certain topic. So I'm just gonna throw that out there. A little, you know, leave a little breadcrumbs and uh check out at NetFans You Know on Twitter. Check out YouTube, at NetFans, you know. We're gonna be posting stuff up ASAP.
0: And I'm good. All right. There you have it from Pete. And by the way, feel free to send us guests that you would like to see on the show. Uh, me and Pete have a pretty open book policy in terms of anyone who wants to come on. They, they just have to let us know and they have to have some type of connection or link uh, to the Brooklyn Nets or the NBA world in general, or even the basketball world. What we allow whoever on. Um, so yeah, shoot us a message. Let us know. Thank you again to everyone who tuned into this week's edition of Fireside Nets episode 163, and we will catch you guys next week.